This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Salutations, said the bird to the word. We've been trying out new nicknames for each other. It's really going really well. I think we're, uh, I said this earlier, but I think we're drunk on procrastination. And so like, now that we're next to each other, we're kind of acting slap happy for some reason. Totally. It doesn't make sense. But I said word bird. And then we went on this huge tangent about the birds and what words they'd be saying. And, and how the the good word is the bird. Right. It was hilarious and at then, the time. And then word du jour is bird. Right. The word correct. Of the that day. was my favorite joke. You yeah. guys had to be there, I think. Anyway, apparently one of us is word and one of us is bird, but it seems to be kind of a fluid yeah. situation. The fluid bird. Oh. 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 I don't know. That sounds troubling. Who knows? Or I don't know. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to our really professional show. It's it's not on. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them that. Uh, I Before we get started, I do want to say uh, one quick thing. Um, today is... Oh, by the way, the truck outside wants to say something louder than I do, which is interesting. He wants to shriek. Uh, I wanted to say that today is April 19th, and that means that a couple hours ago it was announced that Lorraine Warren passed away. I was going to hit that in my notes, too. And, uh... R.I.P. It's very sad. If for some reason you don't know who she is, she's one of, like, the biggest names in paranormal investigations, and, um, she's been doing it since she was in her 20s. She died at 92 and was still very active. And she had possession of, like, a bunch of different art- items she and had, stuff. She had collected some of the most haunted relics yeah. and had them all in her home, and... Uh, she was involved in cases like Amityville and the right. Enfield Poltergeist and the Smurl Haunting and the Perrin House that was the inspiration for Conjuring. Conjuring and, right. Um, so she was a really, really big name. Yeah. So, so sh- this sadly, episode, this is dedicated to yeah, her. Yeah, this episode goes out to her. Hopefully she is enjoying the other side. Maybe she's rolling her eyes from beyond. She's like, stop. She's like maybe stop. figuring out all the, the mysteries of beyond. Right, That right, we right. all want to know. Yep. So yeah, I had that same thing. It's probably the first time we both had the same note in our... <laughs> it's the first time in a hundred, like almost 20 episodes where we've had the same We're on thought. the same page. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, boy. Yeah, so RIP to Lorraine Warren. Um, and her husband's still alive, right? No, he died 13 oh, he died. years ago. Oh, pff, LOL. Okay. So now they're back, they're back oh, together, though. Okay, they're reunited. So. Well, RIP. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was all uh, I had to say. I don't say. know how to transition out of that. Um, well, I will say that we are uh, back in LA right now. We're going on the road again Monday. I've never been to Austin, and I'm super pumped. I am also very excited. And uh, 
I'm very excited for the Charlotte show. I have some family that's going to be yeah. there. Yeah. I've never been to stuff. Charlotte either. I'm. This is a big, big week for me. I. We also should say a happy belated to yesterday was Eva's gotcha day. Oh my God, we had a blast. So she's been around for one whole year. And uh, the year went by fast. I went by way fast. Honestly. But wow, she's saved our asses in so many situations. I know. So, and she's you, stuck Eva. around. I'm like, I can't believe. I, like, we, you can leave. We know you can. You can't leave, please. I mean, don't. Don't leave. But we know you could. Oh, my God. She's going to leave. Oh. Uh, she's like, wait, I can? Oh, my God. Bye. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that I've ever. A year for me is a long time at a job. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I wonder, I wonder if for her it's actually gone by fast or slow. Mm because uh yeah, yeah. Good, she's probably more professional than i am i'm like a year in i'm like okay what's next right it's like mm, i put in a full year so now it looks good on a resume yeah <laughs> and she's uh killing the game uh, i feel like this is also a nice little time to shout out her podcast we don't do that enough maybe right paranormal captivity yeah i feel like I, I learned a lot about it recently i've been trying to like get back in the podcasting podcast listening realm right while right. we travel so check that out it's a great show and um we love you eva yes yay uh i don't have anything else oh um we also want to mention that we are very bummed that we uh were stuck in the bomb cyclone in denver and it unfortunately rerouted us and we had to miss our salt lake shows yes. which was a huge disappointment Super yeah we felt terrible about that it was um very last minute so we're sorry but very 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 last minute we d- felt very bad about yeah. it denver. we kept we kept trying to check the uh our flights and we like we were trying to wait it out as long as we could before we made a final call yeah. but then it just kind of looked like it was not going to happen for us and then we uh we were like hmm, was that a good call and then we woke up and it said like delta had closed like 800 of their flights or airports or the denver airport had yeah. closed out like 800 of their flights going out so so we're sorry about that we uh we miss you salt lake but we have postponed that for september when there will hopefully be no cyclones right right fingers crossed try to keep that away in your summers <clears throat> So I don't know about you, but I'm sharing my Salt Lake story tonight. I am today. too. Oh, good. Okay. So this is, this one goes out to all you SLCers. These are the story. This is one of my stories you would have heard. Okay, cool. This is one of mine that you would have heard. Oh, yay. Okay. All right. So let me just whip that open. Whip it out. Whip it out. <laughs> Word, bird. That's the song of the bird. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w.com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink shopping for humans is hard but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to bark every month they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled 
At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. <laughs> We're also recording this on Friday to go out Sunday, and I forgot that, that it was Friday already. So poor Eva, I'm going to send this to her later and be like, oh, here, your weekend's ruined. <laughs> Have fun editing this thing. thing. And we even said in advance, we were like, oh, let's just not mess up this time so Eva doesn't have to edit anything. And Christine was like, wow, novel idea. If only we could perfect everything, we wouldn't even need to edit things. Why didn't we think of that before not messing anything up? That's such a brilliant idea. I tried looking out for you. So to Salt Lake City folk, this is the story of a hotel in Ogden, which is apparently next to Salt Lake. Yeah. And this is the story of the Ben Lamond Hotel. Well, I can hear them screaming now. I can hear crickets. <laughs> so yeah, we have different opinions of how that would have gone. Yeah, but if you know it, yay! Okay, yay. so here is the story you would have heard. The Ben, and I think it's Ben Lamond, Ben Lomond. Right. Oh, maybe Lomond. The hotel. It's the Ogden. It's the one in Ogden. Ogden's classic. Just to avoid saying the name. Uh, it is a building. It is wow! The oh end. my god! Holy <laughs> shit! Wait, this is so novel. All of this is groundbreaking, so revolutionary. This building is the highest structure in the city. Ooh, ah, amazing! And it has thirteen stories. Although two of those are underground. Oh, interesting. Okay. And even though there's thirteen stories, they skipped the thirteenth floor because they were superstitious. So the elevator goes from twelve to fourteen. Got it. Uh, one of it is one of the last three grand hotels in Utah that is still operating, and it is on the National Historic Registry. That's cool. It was originally the Reed Hotel. Okay. So the Ben, the Ben is I'm just gonna call it the Ben because I don't know if it's Lamont the or the Ben. <laughs> uh, the Ben is the third hotel on the property. The very first one was the Reed Hotel, um, and that was built in 1891. Okay. So this property has been a hotel for a long, long time. Um, was built in 1891 as the Reed Hotel, and then in 1927 it became the Bigelow Hotel. Bigelow, I like that. And then, uh, and then I'll tell you how it became the Ben. Um, <laughs> the Ben! Oh my god. Well, so it was the Bigelow Hotel in 1927. Oh, and my mom is showing me a bunch of pictures. So, my mom's in Amsterdam right now, guys. By oh, the way, oh, I was like, that's random. So she's sending me a lot of shit, weird images. I'm jealous. Apparently, in Amsterdam, their uh, national dish is the is a pancake. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. I don't hate that. Um, Let's see. Our national dish is a pancake. Okay. And apparently they eat apple pie all day long. Like at all t- hours of the day. It's like appropriate to eat apple pie. I, I was, mean, that's Germany too. I was like, bam, that sounds like a good place you to be. You eat pastries all day long. Love it. There's a cake, a special cake hour, coffee and cake hour, 3 p.m. every day. I got the so, witching hour. I gained so much weight in Germany. <laughs> the witching hour. I love it. Just eat a lot also of beer you can drink beer any hour of the day it's a great like for breakfast yeah That's... 11 a.m i mean i literally would see people um on the train like in their suits just like having a beer on the train what is the average tolerance level of a german have you met me it's probably that <laughs> that's a high ass tolerance <laughs> it's pretty high i when i first started drinking when i was like eight i don't know in college i know i'm really lame i didn't drink in high school but when i started drinking in college I just remember all my friends would just be like fucking falling over. And I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I think I just naturally have a genetic 
predisposition to be a little more have some have something come out of it at least yeah uh so it was in 18 or 1927 that it became the bigelow and a year later the bigelow was hosting um the it was holding a lot of events but one of the things it's most famous for and best known for is that in uh it was hosting the democratic national convention oh cool uh and that was such a big deal that the hotel itself was featured in time magazine so it got like cool national claim and like everyone wanted to go be there and this was in the 20s the 20s wow okay can i tell a story about detroit when the place we stayed at yeah is that allowed okay so we were uh stayed at the detroit foundation hotel and it was really cool and beautiful and um expensive but i booked it way too late so oops we didn't really have a choice but so we <laughs> stayed there and uh i was trying to pick between two hotels and i googled this one and it was in the news all over the place and i was like that's odd why is it in in local news that's concerning and then i read the article and it was like yeah <laughs> detroit foundation hotel is being sued uh after offering a group rate to a group of people coming to stay at the hotel then learning that this group was uh the build the wall foundation oh shit and did i not tell you this no oh then learning that it was a build the wall foundation and then calling them and rescinding the group rate wow (laughs) it was like the oh shit what's his name cuomo maybe wow uh if that's wrong eva i'll tell you and please delete it but if that's right i sound really smart so leave it in uh (laughs) And, um, yeah, so they were, it was the, like the build, the, I think it's called build the wall, whatever. It's the people trying to raise money to build the wall. They were in town, well, the wall, you know, trademark. And, um, yeah, so they got, they got, uh, really pissed because an employee called back and said, the best reason to get sued ever. I know the employee called back and was like, uh, actually remember how I gave you that 20% off rate? I never mind. You can't have it. <laughs> I don't want you to you enjoy your it. stay. So anyway, that I just was like, okay, we're staying there. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a beautiful hotel, too. It was very pretty. Congratulations on getting sued for uh, standing up for people. I know. I saw sued, and I was like, oh, shit, we can't stay there. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the big lo- it hosted the Democratic National Convention and was featured in an issue of Time Magazine. So it got a lot of people wanting to come to stay at the hotel. Um, and then even though it was doing really well, then the stock market crashed, and the hotel couldn't keep up and was forced to start... Uh, basically being partially a boarding house wow I'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i was trying to be really subtle and then it didn't work um uh so it ended up staying a it ended up becoming partially a boarding house got it, just okay. to be able to pay for things oh wait, to, oh great depression timing yeah okay so uh because it was like low level housing mm-hmm. is how it was kind of ended up being marketed uh this brought in a lot of criminal activity and especially more more than normal criminal activity when they discovered that there was an underground tunnel under the <gasps> hotel. Ooh, I love a good underground tunnel. Which, fun fact, is now cemented off, so don't go looking for it. Oh. But uh, it was obviously used to smuggle in alcohol. Obviously. Which then led to it becoming an opium den and a gambling oh, oh, hall. Oh, 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 And, of course, what's an underground tunnel in the 20s without sex work? So... Oh, boy. Here we go. So, by the 1930s, the Bigelow was sold to a guy named Mariner X. Eccles? Eccles? I think it's French. Oh, no, it's Scottish. I don't know how to say it, though. <laughs> but I'm just going to say Mariner Eccles. Sure. Uh, so Mariner, he was able to buy the hotel because he was a millionaire by the age of 22. He served as a chairman of the Federal Reserve under FDR. Oh, shit. He was, like, 
Millionaire by the age of 22. Yeah. Got it. You know, like us. Like, I mean, we get it. Uh, <laughs> 22. AKA, I recently just looked at my Facebook memories, and on my 24th birthday, I had posted saying, like, from, all I want for my birthday is for the government to accept my food stamps. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, had no money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, we were struggling. Uh, but I was a millionaire at 22. I just lost it all. Right, that's, right, right. That's the story there. Before uh, Eva came along, we'd spend millions on everything, just throwing it away. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I hope you all know that's a joke. <laughs> Can you imagine if someone's How like, sad. honestly, it was so irresponsible that you spent uh, over millions of dollars in two years and then asked for food stamps. <laughs> I don't stamps. think I would know how to spend a million dollars, to right. be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I know what I'd do. I'd build a wall. Oh, right. Hey. Hey. And then people are going to be like, I can't believe you honestly would build a wall. Uh, you can't win. You can't win. No, we're not millionaires. And no, we're not horrible. Gosh. I know. And we love you guys. So please don't be mad at us. Uh, okay. So uh, he renamed the hotel when he bought it to Ben Lamond. Okay. Uh, and it was named after uh, one of the mountains in Scotland, which is where he's from. Oh, Loch Lomond. Oh, Loch Lomond. I don't know how to print. Like, okay, isn't so that a song? Lomond? That's what I was singing the whole time while you said. So Lomond. Uh, okay. Of Loch Lomond. Well, I don't know. That's just how the song goes. Okay. Well, you n- clearly are more cultured than me. So I mean, it's just a... It's, I, who knows? Everyone's going to be like, that was all wrong, Christine. But remember that time we tried to sing in Flemish? Wow, the millionaire doesn't know how to sing in Scottish. <laughs> yeah, I do. She, I can confirm, though, that Christine knows how to fluently sing in Flemish. Fluently. I know, like, two verses of one song. That's not really quite fluent, but I'll take it. Uh, when he, when Mariner decided to buy the hotel and change the name, he also wanted to crack down on the illegal, on the illegal activity, but through the 1940s, sex work was still being discovered in the tunnels. So every time he thought he had cleaned it up, more people were kind of sneaking in. Sure. Um, by the 1960s, the hotel was no longer profitable. Oh. And also at this point, apparently in the area, highways were being, um, being paid for nonstop and so traveling was becoming easier to different places and so ogden was no longer considered a travel destination oh, okay because people were traveling to ogden by train right but since people weren't really funding railways as much as they were highways oh so people were just passing it by people weren't really going anymore so the hotel was hurting because of that got it and the family decided to sell the property again um and so some of the hotel ended up becoming office spaces um but since it's been around since like literally the 1890s, it needed to be restored. So in the 1980s, after like 20 years of like being in this like falling apart office space, in the 1980s, they decided that they were going to put that up for sale because they didn't want to deal with it anymore. And it was just too damaged and mm-hmm. too in disrepair. So the building got saved by the Radisson Corporation, which oh. is a large hotel chain. And it got bought out by them in 1985. Um, it was when it, when they decided to renovate it, they kept a lot of it intact or at least as much as they could for the sake of the history of the building. So they were able to keep the chandeliers, the ceilings and the marble floors. Oh, that's kind of nice. Very nice. The the fancy part, the big parts. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, they had originally was a 350 room hotel, but after the renovations, they converted the 350 rooms to 120 suites. Okay, Radisson. <laughs> and then, uh, isn't the Radisson where Michael Scott didn't want to go for his lunch meeting? Oh, maybe. Wait, I don't remember. Remember him and Jan wanted to go to the Radisson, and he was like, no, I'm going to go to Chili's or Applebee's. wherever. Oh, Outback Steakhouse or something, because they got the... <gasps> oh, was that? That wasn't Jan, though, was it? Yeah, because remember they were trying to like pitch that guy, and then he like oh. wanted to, 
He wanted Yay! an awesome blossom, extra awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And they went there instead probably, of the Radisson. It sounds like a, that was the Radisson, yeah. Anyway. That sounds right. <clears throat> Word, bird. Someone go watch The Office and come back to us about And if that. it's not right, then too bad. Then I was wrong. Oops. Uh, yeah, so the they switched it from 350 rooms to 120 suites. Uh, they also put in two restaurants, 12 suites with kitchens, 23 corner suites, six two-bedroom suites, 58 standard suites, and six meeting rooms. Okay. So it sounds like it's on the up and up. All right. So that's all the history of the hotel, but now I'm going to tell you all about the deaths. Fantastic. <laughs> that's what we're here for. That is what people are here for. That's usually what people cheer the loudest for. It's... And I'm like, okay, guys, death. And then everyone goes, wah! Yeah. It's a weird thing to have people cheer for. It's a weird thing to think that this is why we're getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) My job is to shout death into a microphone and have a sold out venue scream it back to me. (laughs) Oh, no. It's so sad. My poor parents. (laughs) (laughs) My mom wanted me to be a doctor. I know. (laughs) Well, my mom knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, my mom then saw me in like second grade math and was like, well, that dream's gone. Uh... 1891 is the first death. Keep the my... year it was built? The year it was built. Three days after its opening. Oh, fuck. Uh, the owner's brother died in one of the hotel rooms from tuberculosis, oh, a.k.a. No. my favorite consumption. Consumption. In 1902, there was a guest named Helen, and she was staying there with her husband. This was when it was still the Reed Hotel. She stayed there with her husband, and then when he left to go to work, she died by suicide. No. Oh, no, no, no. In the 1920s, there was a brand new cook that didn't know the area very well or didn't know the hotel like layout, the or layout very well. Without looking, ended up falling three stories <gasps> down a freight elevator shaft. And the number of freaking stories you tell where people fall down elevator shafts. It makes me wonder how safe elevators even today are. I've never seen an empty shaft that I could accidentally fall down. I guess there's so many stories of that, that happening in old hotels that everyone's so worried like about it now. You can, you get sued so easily for something like that, I feel like. I've probably told 20 to 30 stories of people falling down elevator shafts. That's why when I saw that the Detroit Foundation Hotel was getting sued, I was like, elevator Uh-oh. shafts? Uh-oh. We're taking the stairs, Eva. <laughs> uh, so in 1929... There was a, the hotel was hosting an event and one of the attendees, his name was Dan, and he met a bunch of people and made a lot of friends there. And so halfway through the event, they decided to go up to his room for drinks. Um, One of the uh, people that he met was a guy named Edward. So all of them were up there drinking and then they decided they wanted to go back downstairs to keep dancing. But uh, one of the women had too much to drink, and so she decided to stay in the room. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else went downstairs to keep dancing. Later that night, Dan returned to the room and found Edward assaulting her. <gasps> no! So Dan grabbed him by the shirt collar, dragged him down the stairs to the lobby in front of everybody, and beat him up. Oh, my God. So go, Dan. Okay. Uh, punched him so hard that he fell backwards, hit his head, and died. <gasps> what the fuck so go Dan. what a dramatic evening that is and what a that's a true man by the way let's let's remember the definition of a man is defending people that get hurt yeah when you don't have to necessarily exactly like dragging him downstairs too to make an event of it too (laughs) let me deck you in the face for how horrible you are Ugh. in uh 1939 so that was another death not that murder is okay just saying but yes defending not, defending I, the defenseless is okay sure i don't think murder's right although i'm going to consider that one justice so <laughs> on my own in my own wavelength i don't think he, i mean if he punched him one time i don't think he necessarily was like i'm going to murder you with this no it was an accidental murder definitely yeah. but it was a very intentional beating yes in 1939 and there this was two deaths in one 
um, because two men came to the hotel and they were acting really weird and they were picking fights with people and what? nobody really knew who they were. They kept trying to get upstairs. They kept trying to like use the elevator and go to like Ew. the the top floor. And so they thought that like, okay, these guys want to use the penthouse or they're trying to like get into like uh-huh. the more shishi suites. And so uh, the owner was like, these guys are being really weird. I'm going to follow them. And when they realized they were being followed, they like took off. What? And they ended up going up the stairs anyway to the very top floor and ending up they ended up getting on the roof and they wanted to die by suicide and they got to the roof and they jumped off what were they, they on drugs i don't know they were acting weird and they just kept trying to get to the top floor and then they kept like getting kind of shooed away but they kept trying to get up get up and then when they finally were able to they just what jumped off what year was that 1939 oh how strange okay another death was in 1951 uh, a woman named Donna also leapt to her death from the ninth floor. Uh-oh. Her friend said that she found Donna with her, uh, her, she had cut her wrists, oh. um, but she was still conscious. And when her friend found her, she got spooked that she had been caught. And so she just ran and no, jumped. No, what the hell? Really awful. Really awful. Really awful. Uh, 1976, the night clerk, his name was Henry Topping. And, uh... He apparently was like a super nice guy and everyone loved him. His name, uh, Henry. Mm-hmm. And in 1976, he was uh, working at the hotel. And then a teenager named Johnny Perez came in and tried to rob the hotel. And at some point, Henry tried to defend uh, people that he was oh, Henry. trying to attack or yeah. try to calm him down. Say like, hey, don't do this. And Johnny Perez, the teenager, ended up stabbing him <gasps> 44 times. What? 44 times? Yep. That's a little aggressive. Okay. And obviously he did not make it. So. Fuck. um, And then the last three deaths are also all suicides and they are also all on the 11th floor. Uh, There was uh, one woman who was spending her honeymoon at the hotel in room 1102 and she uh, either drowned or drowned herself in the bathtub. Her son came to the hotel to collect her belongings and he like. It's a coincidence, but ended up getting checked into the room right next door. So got checked into 1101. Oh. And he apparently was just so ridden with grief that he also took his own life. Oh, my God. And then a... So there's a mother and daughter... Or a mother and son suicide next to next each other. door? Or across the hall from each other. Um, And then the third one is a woman that was in 1106. And apparently while waiting for her son to come back from World War II, found out that he passed away. And so she ended up ending her own life in the hotel room waiting for him. Okay, this is getting very sad. Well, that's all the death, at least. Oh, my God. Okay. So that was all on the 11th floor, those last three? Yes. Okay. 1101, 1102, and 1106. And those three are also the most haunted rooms in the whole hotel. Right. God, that truck is annoying. Oh, sorry. My truck's here to pick up my (laughs) My recycling. My garbage truck for me to dive into because I'm trash. Earlier earlier that... Fuck off. Earlier (laughs) that truck came by and Em's like, hey, that's the sound I think of when I think of what you look like. It was like such a weird pointed insult. Like Like, such a specific insult. Shrieking high-pitched glass shattering. Yeah. You're like, that's what happens when you look in a mirror, that noise. (laughs) Such a jerk. I'm glad you're amused by your own hilarity. I'm so funny. <laughs> I love giving Christina a hard time, and she doesn't like it, but I <laughs> I don't stop, though. I'm not a quitter. So oh. here are the ghosts. Okay. Um, so like I said, the 11th floor is the central hub of paranormal activity. 
Uh, there's a quote from uh, someone on the staff that has said, there was hard evidence captured, but it has not been made public online. Ooh, interesting. Which makes me want to know it all We have the to more. find it now. Hello, does anyone work there? Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Hello. Get uh, me to hard the, evidence? Get me to the hub. Get me to the 11th <laughs> floor hub. So uh, guests in 1101 and 1102, because they're you know, right. combined in a way. They report water in the tub running all on its own. Okay. Uh-uh. Which is such a, not just a scary thing to see, but also a very jarring sound. Like, really loud. Yeah, and, that's true. Like, even if you're not in the bathroom. Imagine if you're sitting on the toilet and all of a sudden it that just, happens. just, like, turns on. Uh-uh. Whew. Yeah, But no. then also imagine you're, like, lying in bed and watching TV and, and then all of a sudden like, the bed just, the, the bath, bath just turns, turns on. on. That's a very, because it really, I mean, my first thought would be, like, someone is right in my room oh my right. god terrifying also like someone's trying to make noise to, like drown out my scream right, right. <laughs> like a loud obvious intentional noise and so yeah so that's terrifying uh, apparently people in those rooms also report feeling being pushed they mm-hmm. also hear disembodied voices and in room 1106 there are phone calls made to the lobby when the room is vacant oh that creeps me out so some employees have even just stopped answering phone calls from 1106 altogether which makes me wonder in my hotel rooms i've been in when i've called the front desk and no one answered i'm like do you think i'm a ghost like this shit happen in here when i'm not in here that just reminded me of something though did i tell you about this i don't think i told you guys about this when we checked into the hotel um a few last week i don't remember which i honestly don't know what city it was but we checked in and um i literally had just closed the door and like within two minutes someone was knocking on the door and i kind of freaked out because i was i thought it was one of you guys but then i looked through the people and it's like this man standing there and i was like Uh oh i don't know who that is and um so i like had the little lock thingy closed so i just opened it a crack and he was like oh hi sorry i'm maintenance and i was like "Mm, no (laughs) right right i was like oh can i help you and he was like uh i'm just checking the phones and i was like so what would you like me to do? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know anyone was here. Do, you must have just checked in. And I was like, yep. And um, he's like, oh, uh, well, I need to check the phone. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm busy. busy. Or, yeah. And he was like, okay, how about you go in, close the door, call down to the front desk and tell me if it's working. And I was like, okay. So I went and I went and called down to the front desk and it like rang and I hung up and I was like, yeah, it's working. He's like, that's all I needed to know. Goodbye, ma'am. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And I definitely triple locked my doors that night, but it was oh very weird. I thought what was going to be even creepier is if he was like, okay, go check. You check the phone for me. And then when you like called back to him, he was gone. Well, I mean, I thought he was just going to walk away, but he still, he stayed to find out if the phone worked. But did, I mean, did he go to your guys' rooms? No. Because he's like, oh, I'm checking all the rooms and the, or the, all the phone lines. And I'm like, okay, that's the really The best creepy. part would have been if you called the front desk and they were like, oh, yeah, that's a ghost. He tells <laughs> people to do that all the oh, time. Oh, I didn't think it was a ghost. I was like, this man just followed me to my room, this creepy old man. Yeah, you're like thinking more realistically than me. But I would have been like, oh, that's And crazy. more scary. I'd rather it be a fucking ghost than a man trying to get into my room. <laughs> but if it were a ghost, then he could have just walked through the door and been like, have you checked the phones? Yeah, but he can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Blah, 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 blah. Oh, so there are three rooms. Oh, these three rooms, the 1101, 1102, and 1106, they are actually locked off to the public because they're all in the same, like, ho- in the same hallway. Yeah. And so unless you have an actual key to get into those rooms, like, if you don't have a key to get into the hallway, you don't have access to those rooms because there's used to so many people trying to break into those rooms to see how haunted it is. Wait, wait, sorry. So there, so there's a, do- there's a door closing off the entire hallway. Oh, okay. So that specific section is like well, closed off. Yeah. Oh, but like, but can you still stay there? Like, if you're staying? yeah, you just have to oh, have oh. an extra key to okay, get got through it, the got hallway. It, got it. And uh, 
people have often seen a woman's apparition in the rooms and they've heard crying and they've heard her try talking to you. Okay. On the third floor, the door handles on uh, people's rooms will violently shake when you walk by, but nobody's in the rooms to be doing the shaking. Oh, boy. Weekly, at least weekly, staff receives noise complaints and reports of movements from empty rooms. Ugh. Um, There's another quote that someone, I think a guest said. At night when I was sleeping, I woke up thinking my son was pulling my arm talking to me. Mm. I saw some kind of shape like a man wearing a hat bent over me, and we also captured an orb flying across my husband's face in a photo. Yuck. So that's a lot of things in one sentence. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to piece those all separately. But... A shadow figure with a hat bending over you while you sleep. I think that part, I got lost with the orb thing, but wow. that <laughs> like, oh, that, oh, and then an orb. Well, fuck I the orb. I was like, fuck the orb. What the hell is with this shadow man? Uh-uh. So apparently another thing that happens is people take a lot of pictures of orbs in their personal rooms. Um, a lot of times the orbs are flying by you or standing next to you as if they want to be in the picture. There's also a strong scent of lilacs that either follows oh. you or appears out of nowhere and often shows up on the elevators. Lilac is my favorite scent. Oh, good. You can sell it to the ghost. I can. You smell I just like did. my favorite smell. Or it's just me, like, <laughs> lost. I can't find my hotel room. I'm just wandering the halls trying to find it. That's more likely. <laughs> Uh, people have woken up feeling something scary, quote, watching them. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just going to end at something. I feel something scary. Uh, and they wake up to hearing people talking in their room. Yeah, that's horrible. When you say feeling something scary or the something scary part made you laugh, I just recently bought Allison this, um, it's meant for like the bathroom. It's a, it's for, it's a little ghost holding a plunger. Aww. But when you walk past him, he says, I've got a feeling it's about to get extra spooky in here. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? So when you said something scary, I thought of him going, something extra spooky. So the point is, you walk into the bathroom and he's like, "Uh uh-oh, things are going to get bad in here. (laughs) He also says, uh, great. He goes, hello, this is the ghost of Burrito's past. Disgusting, by the way. (laughs) Where did you find that? Uh, on amazon and then he also if you walk by him he says it smells like death in here (laughs) that one's good i just couldn't resist i was like even if allison hates this it's too late i love it i thought it was so weird i love it like someone kind of fucked up and maybe a little drunk is the one who created him i mean it worked but i love him that's how genius happens that's is that is what that is what i tell myself when i'm hungover (laughs) i'm really just this is just a psa specifically to allison that she needs to love it because i love it you better fucking love it um something scary sorry that just set me off the burritos pass that's foul it is that's why i think you had to be a little drunk because you have to be very like there's gotta be liquid courage for you to pitch that one definitely um oh and then yeah you can also uh, wake up to people talking in your room you can feel cold spots and a lot of people have also felt someone brushing past them as if they're like walking up by you one spirit likes to turn on the music in the um, in the lobby and play with phone cords in your rooms. Oh. So sometimes you just kind of see the phone cord moving on Is its it own. Is it a kitten? Is it a cat? It's a ghost. But I a wish ghost it, cat? if it were a ghost cat, that'd be precious. That's what I'm hoping for. I would let it play with the phone oh, cords. Oh, for sure. Also, why have they not updated their phones? Why are we still doing phone cords? Phone cords. Uh, what, what else would there be? I'm thinking like a landline, like the curly Q one. Yeah. Don't all hotels have that? Homie, the last, like, five hotels we've been in didn't have cords. What do they have? It's just, like, a pickup phone. Oh, oh, oh. But, like, the thing is plugged in, right? Oh, oh, but I guess... 
I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't use the phone. I have phone anxiety. Oh, well. when that guy told me to, I use it every time when the, I know I can't, I get too anxious. I don't know. I'm a really big weirdo about phones. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, you're right. It does have that one last cord that has to go into the wall. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I know what you mean. The curly ones. Yeah. The ones you used to like play with when you talk to your crush on the main house phone. I didn't have that experience, but I did talk to my mom sometimes. (laughs) As if that counts. Did you twist the curly cord? Yeah. Yeah. Hi mom. Uh, housekeepers report that after making the beds they'll turn around and now the beds are either messed up or there's indents of someone sitting there i mean don't do that to the housekeepers that's like they have so many beds to make don't make them redo so much fucking work to do also uh mary who is the owner's first wife is said to roam the fifth floor she's heard humming on the fifth floor as well okay and people have heard knocking on their door and nobody's there uh, the night staff have reported that the elevator doors in the lobby open on their own. They will go to different floors with no pattern and no rhyme or reason and no buttons have been pushed. So they just move. So around. we don't trust the elevators there no matter what. Right. And often they will stop mainly on the 11th floor. Okay. And just stay sitting there opened. Grotesque. Which is extra gross. Can you imagine you're in your room and you just hear the elevator like ding and it opens and, and you never hear it close there. <laughs> and then you hear humming also apparently um and then you hear burritos pie (laughs) something extra spookies in here (laughs) that's like the funniest thing i i'm gonna be thinking about that for the next three days here wait i have a video of it you want to hear it yes let me see (laughs) i can play it for everyone that'd be great oh my god i have a feeling something extra spooky i like this so much Okay, here. So this is what it looks like, kind of. It's a little ghost. Oh, my fucking God. And this is what he says. Is that a Target? Where'd you find it? I found one at Target, but I'd already got it at Amazon, too. Oh. Anyway, f- you gonna... can find it during Halloween at the Target section. I'm going to buy one. <laughs> right now? later just I'm don't tell place it. don't tell place oh that. i won't i think it's called joking johnny or... but you know how Bla- jo- joking on the john stop it i'm pretty sure but you know how blaze uh when he gets scared like oh freaks he... the when blaze gets scared he like starts air punching it's very it's very yeah he's not good at getting scared this way he doesn't like anything creepy well he married the wrong person well, i can't find it so i don't like being scared what do you do i have a true crime podcast <laughs> i know it he really did not luck out on that front so uh oh i found him there you go. Oh my god, right under M is a fucking John Deere tractor life-size toy. Are you on my Amazon? Well, then at the top it says, this Easter, understand the crucifixion oh, of Jesus. So no. <laughs> well, but Am I on mine? I don't know who's this it is. It is weird, though, because I definitely bought a life-size... Uh... You know why? It's probably like, oh, other people also bought this. Uh, other people, as in I'm the only person who bought a joking on the John in the last 10 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> let's and, look at what else I've bought. And uh, the Blood of Jesus DVD. Oh, I have not bought that recently. Okay. No, me, me I either. need to get a new copy for sure. Yeah. I mean, you've worn yours out. I, I have. Yeah. It's all scuffed. So uh, another big thing is apparently, I guess one of their rules is that the housekeeping staff, they keep the curtains open when it means that there is a vacancy, like there's like the room's empty. So when you walk in for the first time, the curtains are open. Oh, the window curtains. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of the shower curtains. I was like, oh, that's no. very specific. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And then when uh, someone is staying there after you uh, are cleaning up, you close the curtains. Got it. And so, but apparently in brand new rooms, they will 
keep it open or in busy rooms they will close them Mm -hmm. but people will come in and the curtains are the opposite as if someone's like been moving the curtains after the housekeeping stuff um also people have seen smoky apparitions throughout the hotel and they've heard the sounds of doors slamming okay there's also reports of hearing people moving around upstairs when the room above you is empty Mm -mm. and a female apparition has been seen in the gym she's got to get her steps In in the gym and the there are guests in room uh two twelve who have felt hands pushing them uh, out of the room. Oh, 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 oh. Firm pass. I don't like that. If the phone rings in your room very often, it's pretty much expected that nobody's on the other end of the line. And uh, nap. Activity in the tunnel below the hotel still exists. Apparently Ooh. there have been reports of people getting shoved to the ground and or then seeing disembodied legs walking around. Ew, I thought it was cemented off. You can still, like, go down. Like, uncemented it? No, oh. like, you can still go down there. Oh, you just can't go the... through the tunnel. Right. Like, you can't, like, be outside of the hotel and go into the tunnel. And there's just legs. Just legs walking around, mm-hmm. and then you feel yourself get pushed down to the ground. Forget it. Don't go down there. People claim to have seen the mother and son that both died by suicide Sad. walking around together. <sighs> and people have also seen an apparition of just the son, but he's muttering to himself. And people have reported being in the bathtub in 1102 and felt something push their back and then grab their arms and hands as if trying to pull them out of the tub. <gasps> oh, that just gave me chills. And that's the story of the Ben Loman Lamond Hotel. Ooh, that just spooked me. I don't like that last one. That really freaked me out. It's weird. I'm used to hearing like ghosts will push you, but something pulling you is a different yeah, experience. Yeah, like trying to save you. Oh, yeah. that is... Ooh. I wonder if they're trying to save you, like, get out of the bathtub before you do the same thing, or if it's, like... Like, replaying the... Finding the body? Oh, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Or even, I would think, like, get out of... This is my tub. Oh, I was thinking, like, finding the woman's body and, like, trying to pull the... Mm. Pull her body out. Jeez. Yeah. Could be any of that. Great. Fantastic. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. 
You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink all right my turn yes okay salt lake this is all, all for you all for you although if you're everything not, we do is for you everything i do you get it yet salt lake come on appreciate us um just kidding okay this is the story of the murder of Lori hacking Oh, that already sounds like a good name. I know, right? Um, so I wanted to mention that I got a lot of this info from an article on TrueTV.com written by Rachel Bell um, and also from the Associated Press. So here we go, people. I'll just jump right in. So Lori Hacking was born on New Year's Eve 1976 to two LDS missionaries. Okay. What up, Salt Lake? Uh, she grew up in Orem, Utah and attended Orem High School, which is where she met fellow student and husband Mark Hacking in 1994. Aww. So, from the day Lori and Mark met as teenagers, they were inseparable. They became super close really quickly. They shared an extremely close and intimate relationship. And 10 years later, now in their late 20s, um, they were still going strong. They'd gotten married and were building a life together. And were actually planning from uh, planning to move from Utah to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, because Mark had gotten into medical school at UNC Chapel Hill. And uh, right around this time, while they were planning this move, they also learned that Lori was five weeks pregnant. Uh-oh. So, well, they're like several years married. I know. I oh. just, I just think of the stress of starting med school and having oh, a baby. Oh, the no, way. they were trying. Sorry, they were trying to build a family. Like they were trying to have children. So, um, right. So she is pregnant, uh, and he's going to med school. So they're like, life is good. Uh, so on July nineteenth, two thousand four, Lori uh, went out for a run, and never returned. Oh yeah. Oh. That morning around ten a.m., Mark called Lori's office at Wells Fargo in Salt Lake, where she worked. And her colleague, Brandon Hodge, told Mark that Lori had not made it into work that day, which was unusual because she was never late to work. Mark explained that Lori had gone jogging around 5.30 a.m. at Memory Grove Park but hadn't come home. So Lori's colleagues urged Mark to call the police. So 10.47 a.m., he calls the police and is like, her colleague or her coworkers say that she never showed up for work. She never came home from her run. Um, and I'm worried. So around the same time the call to the police was made, Mark also called some of Lori's friends asking if she knew if they knew where she was. According to the Salt Lake Tribune, Mark said that he had run the jogging route three miles each way to search for his wife. So he had gone like her route that wow. he knew looking for her. And even though her car was parked at the entrance of the park, there was no sign of Lori. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, scary. So at that point, Laurie's family, friends, and colleagues are all starting to get worried. Um, they decide to help Mark search. So some of her friends even flew in from other parts of the country to like start looking. And unfortunately, even after so even after several hours of looking, they were coming up empty-handed. So the following day, July 20th, Lori's family holds a press conference asking the public for any information on her disappearance. They posted hundreds of missing persons posters with her image. Uh, they put contact numbers for Mark and hung them around the city. And more than 1,200 volunteers joined the search for Lori. And then <laughs> things get really weird. <laughs> oh, boy. In a bizarre turn of events, Mark Hacking was picked up by police running through the streets naked, wearing nothing but sandals, uh, and he was admitted to the University of Utah's psychiatric unit for a mental breakdown. Mark. Yes, her oh, husband. Okay. Which is, like, very sudden. Like, they're doing the search, um, looking for her, posting uh -huh. 1,200 volunteers, and then all of a sudden... He loses it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's, like, spotted running through the streets naked. So police had already started looking into Mark because he's the husband, um, and what they turned up uh, on their routine search of, uh, you know... His background was intriguing. Um, okay. Turns out Mark was not exactly the person he had claimed to be. Uh, so you know how they were going to UNC or to right. North Carolina. So it turns out um, not only did Mark not get into med school at UNC, he had actually never applied. Mm. Nor had he ever finished his undergraduate degree. Mm. <laughs> so he was, that'll, that'll not get you into UNC. That will be that. That <clears throat> is a big red flag for them for the admissions center, I think. Um, yeah. UNC or NC Chapel Hill? I don't know what they're called anymore. UNC Chapel Hill. Got it. I did not get in there either, but... I did not get in there. I actually applied and didn't, definitely did <laughs> not too. get in there. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Um, it's a really good school. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. So, Lori's family had no idea that he had not even finished like his bachelor's ever uh, because he had just been talking about going to med school in a few months. So, right. like, this was totally shocking <clears throat> to them. And so, people were obviously thinking, like, well, if he was lying about that, what else could he be lying about? Especially now with... Laurie being missing. Right. So for obvious reasons, uh, Mark remained a person of interest for police. Uh, it didn't help that a search of Laurie and Mark's apartment after her death revealed some bizarre clues hmm. that pointed to foul play. Uh-oh. Yeah. So evidence collected at the apartment included the couple's box spring, a receipt for a new mattress and bedding, a bloody knife found in the bedside drawer in the couple's bedroom, mm. pieces of carpet, clothing, and a letter found in a spare bedroom allegedly written by Laurie. And so then, aside from the evidence that they found in the house, uh, they also picked up evidence from other locations in the city, including a trash bin from outside their apartment building, a cut-up mattress that matched the box spring found in a trash bin near the hospital where Mark worked as an orderly, mm. uh, a clump of dark hair found in a dumpster outside a Chevron gas station near the same hospital where he worked, material taken from two cars owned by Mark, Mark and Lori, not Mork and Laurie. <laughs> Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Uh, oh, this is actually my spec script of... Uh, oh, is it? <laughs> it's, go it's doing hot so far. Thank you. Thank you. Please buy it. <laughs> um, okay. Da -da -da. So, yeah. So, material taken from their cars. Uh, they got surveillance videotapes from um, a hospital, a Mormon church located near the park where Laurie disappeared, and a convenience store. So, they had all this shit, and it wasn't clear yet, like, what they were finding or what the importance they was they had it but they had it right so police also discovered that between 9 45 and 10 23 a.m on the day Lori went missing which is the time that mark claimed he was running three miles there and back to like look for Lori, he was actually out buying a new queen-size mattress at a local bedding store hmm. 
Hmm. That doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> it does not sound good. Yeah. So he had claimed that that was when he wasn't home because he was searching for her on the trail. Then they found footage of him at a mattress store. Not good. That's what Amazon. I mean, listen, Prime now. Just get that delivered in an hour. Right. Right. Would have saved you. Would have actually. I wonder how many murders Amazon Prime has like kind of accidentally helped oh, get people away with. I wonder. Hmm. Although now they take photos of when they drop it off to like prove that they dropped it off. Oh, so wow. maybe. Huh. I don't know. I'm, I guess they could also look at your order history of the time. Or that. <laughs> or that, yeah. Uh, I'd be a terrible murderer. I would too, for sure. <laughs> you everyone would fuck should, shit up so bad. Everyone should just know I'm never going to murder someone because I wouldn't Please know. understand that Em and I would be so bad. We would tell each other immediately, first of all. Oh, yeah. And we would not be able to keep our mouths shut. I would be like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I did something really bad. Right. And then I went and bought stuff on Amazon. Oopsie. Well, I would. I, I would definitely need some retail therapy. After yes. The fact. Oh, for sure. Get some more of those. It's getting spooky in here. <laughs> Joking on the John. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, right. So that's how they caught him. I mean, that's not how they caught him. That's how they uh, knew that he was not running the three miles to look for Lori. Gotcha. So, you know how... Okay. So I said Lori's car Which, was... Uh, side note. Like, yeah. If I ever tell you, oh yeah, I couldn't find Allison. I ran <laughs> six miles to find her. Bullshit. I'm calling the police immediately. <laughs> like, I love you, Allison, but I absolutely would not, could not no. run six miles no. to find you. No. So. I'd be like, sorry. check Target. That's probably All where right. you went. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah, truly. If any one of us says, oh, we ran six miles... For anything. Bullshit. Call I the ran police. six miles for a million dollars. No, I didn't. Call the police immediately. No, I did not. This is our new code word for something terribly wrong has happened. Right, right, right. I ran six miles, wink, wink. At some point, I even said in a very early episode that if I ever say yes. out loud that, like, I that willingly took Girls. a hike. Yeah, that was the Panama Girls. Call the police because it's a code that I'm, yeah. I'm being held We even held said hostage. if there's ever an episode of this show where we say we were outside going for a hike together... That yeah. we are being held captive right. somewhere and you need to call the FBI. And it's Eva probably because she's the one that's releasing this and doesn't know <laughs> yeah, our code that's yet. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, she does now. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta Uh-oh. come up with a new one. Um, right. So you know how I said Lori's car was found outside of the park where she went for the run, even though she was gone. Yes. So they found her car in the parking lot. So they examined the car and oddly enough, the driver's seat was adjusted to fit a much larger person than Lori. Oh, so Lori was five foot four, but the seat was moved back to accommodate someone around six feet tall. Oh, what? So it's like, come on, come on. At least cover your tracks. So bad. It's so bad. Um, One more thing about the car is that back at the apartment, they found Lori's car keys. And they're like, wait a second. Why would they be here? How in God's name would they get from the car to the apartment? If you got to chuck those down a river or something. Stupid. Right. Exactly. So it made no sense. So like Lori either would have the car keys with her or they would be on the trail or right. at the car. So it just didn't make any sense. So at this point, it's pretty obvious Mark had something to do with her disappearance. They didn't know what yet. But then on July 25th, 2004, um, their suspicions were confirmed when Scott and Lance Hacking, who are Mark's two brothers, called police and said that Mark had confessed to them that he had murdered his oh, wife. Oh, shit. Lori. So the brothers were like, um, SOS, we learned something bad. Right. Yes. So, uh, so basically what happened was that while Lori was at work on Friday, July 16th, she called, so they don't, they still don't know entirely the full timeline, but what they do know is that while she was at work on Friday, she called UNC medical school to ask for financial aid information and learned that her husband was not in fact enrolled there. Hmm. 
and I don't know what he was planning on doing yeah. to like trick there's her. There's like there's no reason. Yeah, it was, it was like getting closer and closer, and he just was still maintaining that he was starting med school. Right. So she called for financial aid information, and they were like, "We don't know who you're talking about. This person never applied or never got in." Weird. So they don't know who he is. Um, so her colleagues saw her visibly upset and crying and she left work early, presumably to go talk to Mark and be like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, a little bit later, UNC received a voicemail from Lori explaining that her husband claimed the reason he wasn't in UNC's system is due to a computer malfunction mm. on their end. So she's like, she seemed to believe this story. Um, it seemed like Mark, like presumably Mark had told her, oh no, I swear I am in enrolled but they must have lost my name and so he somehow convinced her of this because they went to a colleague's work party later and had a good time and people said they seemed okay and fine and didn't seem like they were fighting anymore yeah so everything seemed okay but then on saturday the next day uh july 18th mark finally admitted that he had quote lied about his education and future plans Mm. i mean to a massive extent so yeah literally about to move her across the country for no reason i like i don't know what the plan right i don't know i really don't know um so obviously this erupted in a huge argument according to the associated press Lori went to bed and mark stayed up and played nintendo games for hours then packed up some moving boxes because he was still like we're still moving to north carolina (laughs) he's committed to this lie whether she believes it or not i guess um packed some moving boxes and then during packing uh mark allegedly came across a 22 caliber rifle oh and around 1 a.m., he went into the bedroom where Lori was sleeping and shot her in the head. Oh, shit. Which is so wild. It's not like in the heat of the argument. It's like hours like, later. Not even premeditated, though. He just like decided in exactly. that moment. He's like, look what I found. Like, this could fix things. How convenient. Yeah. And like he had been playing video games. So it's like he cooled down. It's not like he was still. He was relaxed. Yeah. And he was packing up like for their move and then was like, huh, what's this? Weird. Terrible. So uh, he told his brothers that he put Lori's body in a dumpster around 2 a.m., then cut off the top of the mattress, which had obviously had blood all over it, and disposed of it in a church trash bin. So that's nice. Huh. Very holy. Very holy. So Mark was arrested on August 2nd, 2004, charged with first-degree murder and three counts of obstruction of justice. Uh, the volunteer-run search for Lori, which had been going on for two weeks, was called off, obviously. Um, and instead, authorities began to search a Salt Lake City landfill, which was expected to last about a month, but lasted much longer and involved 38 volunteers, including police officers, firefighters, public safety officials, and urban search and rescue team members who were the same people that helped after the 9-11 attacks to oh, search wow. for bodies. Wow. Okay. So they like had a huge team searching the landfill. It lasted for, let's see, how long did it last for? Uh, a long time. A long time? Just yeah okay i don't know the number um they spent an average let's see well they spent an average of 11 hours every single day for four days a week searching and then on on october 1st okay so let me do the math let's see august 2nd so literally like two months jeez they searched four days a week 11 hours a day on october 1st 2004 searchers found human remains in the salt lake county landfill and police confirmed that afternoon that they were those of Lori Hacking. And I believe Aww. all they found was, like, one jawbone and a tooth or something. Oh, shit. Like, very minimal amount. Um, and that was enough to to determine that it was Wow. Her. Yeah, very sad. So on April 15, 2005, Mark Hacking pleaded guilty to first-degree murder in exchange for prosecutors dropping all other charges. He was sentenced, weirdly enough, to six years to life in prison. Uh, okay that's the, a range yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
like, like broad huh. spectrum there. It's like a little gamble, I think. Uh, yeah. So that was apparently the max the judge can give under Utah law. However, in 2005, they determined that Mark would not be eligible for parole until almost 30 years later in 2034. So at least longer than six years. Right, right, right. Okay, on March 20th, 2006, uh, Utah House Bill 102, also known as Lori's Law, was signed into law and increased the minimum penalty for a person convicted of first-degree murder in Utah to 15 years to life. Oh, wow. Rather than six. So it's one small good thing that happened out of this whole case. Yeah. Um, Lori's parents made the decision to remove Lori's married name from her gravestone, and instead they replaced it with a Portuguese word that means little daughter. Aww. Yeah. Um, but today, Lori's mom, Thelma Soares, says she does not feel the anger she once did. They did, like, a really long interview with her. It was really interesting. Very heartbreaking. Um, she now exchanges letters, believe it or not, with Mark, who's in jail. Um, and they write back to each other. And she shared part of his most recent letter with the... God, I don't know how to pronounce this. Deseret News? Deseret? Deseret? Deseret News. Okay. Quote. So this is his letter to his mother-in-law, Lori's mom. I hope your health, as well as your peace and happiness, continue to improve. I think of you often, but I never know what to write. Everything seems inadequate or inoculate, at least with my limited vocabulary. I remember your kindness and acceptance from the first time I met you. I remember the love you showed even when I didn't deserve it. I remember your fear when I told everyone Lori was missing, the anger and despair in your letters, and on the day I was sentenced. I remember your forgiveness and kindness when I did not and never will deserve them. She says that despite everything, she has forgiven Mark more for her own sake than his. She's like, I just can't hold on to it any longer for my own well-being, right. which right. is, I think, a very incredibly brave thing that I probably don't know if I'd be able to do. Right. Um, and she says she still feels anguish, but not anger, mm. which is just still very sad and dark. Yeah, that's really rough. She said the experience has also taught her how good most people are. Um, she received so many gifts and donations after Lori's death. Some were just simply addressed to Lori Hacking's mom, Salt Lake City. And Aww. I know the, the mail carriers were able to get that to her. So she just she still gets mail to this day. Um, she still she says she still has the, quote, wrinkled dollar bill and one dime that a young boy gave her after baking cookies to raise money for Lori's Aww. fund. I know. So she still kept that. And she says, like, that's the kind of thing she thinks about when she's feeling blue, blue. Um, let's see. Okay. Today, the University of Utah continues to award the Lori Hacking Scholarship annually to at least one student, which covers the cost of their junior and senior years of school. Uh, Thelma, her mom, said the recipients are women who have overcome difficult circumstances to get into college. And she says she knows Lori would be so proud to have helped so many young women. Aww. And that is the story of Lori Hacking's murder. Wow. Yikes. At least good things came from it. Yeah, yeah. It's always just so amazing when it's like the mother of the victim is like, oh, I've just learned so much about the good of humanity. I'm like, it's like that's heartbreaking. I can't even imagine it. I'm even reading these. I'm like, humanity is fucking terrible. Right, but, right, okay, right, right, right. If you think they're great, then you're Yowza. a bigger person than I. So anyway, happy Easter Sunday, guys. Oh, oops. <laughs> you can buy the Resurrection of Jesus DVD. Maybe that'll make you feel better. Yeah, you can also buy a life-size John Deere tractor and a joking on the John <laughs> ghost. Already added to my cart. Prime uh, now. Thank you guys for listening to our stories. Um, yeah, we so hope you're having a good Easter. Shout out to Salt Lake for uh, your stories for, from afar. Yes. Yeah, sorry you didn't get to hear them live, but we... Oh, Em and I met the Easter Bunny yesterday. Oh, we did. We took a picture with the Easter Bunny. Yep. With Eva on Gotcha Day. Yep. Em I had was... never taken one with the Easter Bunny. I was the only one very excited. Eva and I were extremely uncomfortable 
didn't want to get near him. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like, can I can I put my arm around you? And the Easter Bunny put their arm around me. I know. It was pretty Aww. cute. It was actually not. It was terrifying. Eve and I were like, we're going to stand like two feet away and just I smile. Loved <laughs> I just felt bad for that poor person in the Easter Bunny costume. It was so hot. Yeah, they like, had that weird little fan pointing right at his face. Oh. And I'm like, oh. Anyway, thank you guys for uh, listening to us on this beloved religious day. <laughs> Oh, wait, uh, you're right. It literally comes out on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, God. So I hope this brought some joy to you. I hope you're eating some candy. After church or wherever you are. Uh, we are going, like we said, we're going to be traveling this week. So we're super excited about that. Yeah. And then um, May, we have several shows in a row all oh, next to yeah. each other. Um, so please consider Huntington, New York. That's in Long, Long Island. Long yeah. Island. We've also got Albany. Um, we've also got uh, a lot of we got cleveland we still need to fill up right and we've got madison and oh yeah madison wisconsin i'm excited for those we've got a lot of shows coming up cheese curds this is the last big haul on our touring and then we've we get a whole summer just to kind of relax in la so we're very excited about that yeah so uh thank you guys for everything if you want to follow us on anything we have our social medias atwwd Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATWD podcast, ATWD podcast. Sorry, Close I've done it enough times. You guys kind of yeah, get the gist. It's just an abbreviated version. We also have our website, and that's where we drink com, where you can check out our tour dates and you can find our merch, um, wonderful things like that. Yay! Uh, and you can also send in your personal true crime and paranormal stories at and that's where we drink at gmail com, and Eva will read them, and they could all potentially be in the next uh, month's listeners episode. We put out one at the first of every month. We also have a mailing address uh 1920 hillhurst ave number 265 los angeles california 90027 where you can submit submit where you can actually physically send <laughs> uh if you have any gifts for us we will open them in our gift video that we put out for patreon yeah and i'm posting that we did one yesterday so i'm posting that yes. this week and thank you to all the people who sent us stuff yeah, recently thanks, guys and gia's very happy with all his new toys so yes thank gio you. got his first lemon his first lemon toy yep Ugh, thanks guys and that's why we drink. Yay. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.